0: This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Well, I'll tell you, a year ago, coming out of a COVID hangover, the Zombies were at Maryland Hall, but now in support of their new album, the Zombies are coming back to Annapolis, but it's going to be at Ramps Head on stage on March 26th. And joining us today is founder and Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Rod Argent, man. How are you, Rod? Hey, I'm pretty good, John. How are you? I'm fantastic. Well, I know from 1965, Till now, you guys are still churning them out. I mean, you had a little bit of a break there, and you went out and, you know, did your own hugely successful thing. But your first album was back in, what, 1965? And now, Different Game just released just last year. Absolutely,
1: yeah. And and we still get the same thrill and pleasure out of uh, recording the new stuff. Because, in fact, um, we, we, we approach it exactly the same way as we did in 1964, actually. Um, you know, we only know uh, one way how to write, and it's 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 that that, that we sort of live for, really, uh, to create new music and have a ball doing it. And it's so great to be still at the stage and, and and to be able to get satisfaction in that same way.
0: You know, they say if you if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, and that's so true. That is so true.
1: <laughs> well, it's it's true in a way. It is hard work, but it's very pleasurable work. You know, I mean, you can it can, it can drive you crazy sometimes when you you don't quite get what you want, and it takes a while you know to to get through. Um, but it's, uh, that that doesn't always happen. Um, you know sometimes things uh, speed along and they're just as just as easy and they feel fantastic, and it all comes off immediately. But sometimes you have to work at it. But the working at it is great as well. It's very
0: satisfying, actually. Well, that's true. I, I mean, different game. The latest album is, you know, as I was listening to it, is completely different um, than a lot of your older stuff. As to be expected. I mean, gosh, it's you know, fifty years later. Um, what are we going to expect when you come into town on March 26th at Ramshead? Are we going to expect a lot of the new stuff, a mix, some of the old favorites? You're going to have you're going to have a real mix.
1: Um, I mean, the, the great thing is. I mean we that album came out and we've had the most stellar reviews on it of the new of the new album and and in the UK as well which absolutely amazed me but we had full pages in all the quality papers with pictures and everything in the Times in the Independent in the Guardian um and and people all gave it five stars it was it was really fantastic and we've had some great um great reactions in the in the states as well because um you know you may say it's very different but in a way it's the same I mean you know we're just being true to ourselves in the way that we always have done we, we um, I, I, if I get a, an idea that excites me I mean I wrote nine of the ten songs if I get an idea that excites me um, I'll, I'll get in touch with Colin and he'll come over and we'll start working on it together and, and if he really likes it we'll take it to the next stage and then we'll play it to the band and if the band really like it you know we're we're, we're away. Uh, and it's it's great because we wanted to record this album in the same way as we play on stage. In other words, we just had a fantastic tour leading up to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then, you know, COVID got in the way. I know that. I think it did with everybody else. But we wanted to record an album in the way that we used to way back in the 60s. And that is um, by all being in the same studio at the same time so everybody could bounce off each other's ideas as they were playing. Uh, and it's such a pleasurable way to work. I mean, I've produced many albums in my life and I've done it in all sorts of ways. And I've had some real success producing other artists as well. But at the same time, going back to this pleasurable way of recording was just a thrill. And it's really rejuvenating. And And the, and the stuff works beautifully on stage as well. So, um, you know you'll be you'll be getting everything that people expect from the old stuff, from some very old cuts, um, uh, from Odyssey and Oracle cuts, um, but also uh, we change some things as and they develop as they're going along. The, rea- the audience reaction is always terrific, and we'll do maybe let me think, um, well, maybe one two three maybe maybe four songs from the new album. Uh, along with everything
0: else as well. Well, um, it is a, a, it, it is a uh, great album. Okay. It is a great album. I mean, it's it, I, I think it has a different sound, but it's a fantastic album. I mean, I've been playing it on repeat all the time. And it's, oh, thank you. Well, it's funny that you said that it, it's when it, work gets very easy, and when you guys, and I don't want to say you, the zombies broke up, you just kind of stopped, um, because you guys have the core of the group between you and Colin back together, and... The three others have been with you, you know, for a long time that are out there. So, I mean, it obviously is pretty easy for you guys just to pick up where you left off. I mean, there's not many bands that can do that, that can, you know, stop playing in the late 60s and pick it up again in 2000.
1: No, but I mean, Colin and I have always been friends all our lives. And Colin often says that he learned to sing by singing my songs. And I often say that I learned to write by writing for Colin with Colin's voice in mind um and um and that has just continued and it's always a very natural process um you know we it's just Colin and me from the original band uh, we've got we've got three other fantastic musicians um and and we have a ball every time we go on stage playing and it's very exciting and we and we get the response and you know what I mean we get we get people that have watched us from the beginning but we always get a young component in the audience as well and we always get young indie bands come through uh, to see us and talk to us um it's 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 very rejuvenating the whole thing and and it still feels like part of the same process and honestly when you're on stage that hour and a half or whatever it is um you feel like you're 18 again and and there's just as much energy uh as you were when you were 18 years old just for that time on stage and you know I don't think there's any other profession in the world that can give you
0: that. I'm probably going to agree with you there. Uh, You know, you you get on stage and it's a whole different world. And as you said, the younger kids are, I say kids, I'm starting to sound old myself, but really starting to appreciate some of this old music. I mean, it used to be, you know, the the whole EDM and the the techno and stuff like that, which was big for a little bit. And I mean, it still has its place, but I'm seeing at places like Rams Head and at different concerts and venues when they're mixing up sort of the genres of music, they're getting into yeah. a lot of this older stuff and they're really appreciating. It. I remember, um, gosh, there was a concert and ZZ Top was playing and they were like, oh, my God, they're actually playing the guitars. And it's like, damn, kid, welcome to rock and roll. Here it is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's so, you
1: know, there's a lot of modern music, which is so mechanical. Uh, people just use drum loops all the time. They use samples for everything. They auto-tune the voice to distraction, so it all sounds very robotic to me. Um, and if you get if you get back to some reality somehow, they don't know why, but it really moves through to them, really works for them, and moves them. And um, it's lovely to see that as well. I'm not, you know, I'm not putting down listening to anything new. But um, the fact you're absolutely right. People are uh, in their early twenties. I mean, there's a there's an artist in in America called Madison Beer. Um, and and she quoted uh, the zombies as being uh, one of her favourite bands of all time and one that influenced her right from the beginning. I mean, she's in her early twenties, and her producer um, uh, uh, put onto um, Instagram um, that his favourite concert ever. And he said, "I've just seen the favourite concert of my life, and that was our gig in in LA last year."
0: That is fantastic. Well, you know, you were, again, when the Zombies stopped playing in the late 60s, I mean, you went out and had a very successful 70s career with Argent. And then then you did your uh, solos in the 80s and 90s, and then you got back together again and hit the ground running without missing a beat back in the uh, early 2000s. And
1: do you know what? Uh, When Colin uh, phoned me up, actually, it was because I'd done a charity show First time on stage for ages um, for a jazz musician that was a great friend of mine um, until, he, until he died. Um, and uh, Colin was in the audience. Uh, and I on the spur of the moment, he got up from the audience and sang She's Not There and Time the Season with You. And it felt like we'd been together three weeks before. And um, he said, he then phoned me up a, a couple of months later and said, I've just started going out again after many years on the road as a solo artist. He said, do you fancy doing half a dozen gigs with me? And I said, oh, I don't know if I want to do that, Colin. But in the end, I agreed to half a dozen gigs. And I had such a ball that those six gigs have turned into 24 years of traveling around the
0: world. It's, It's been really extraordinary. Nothing wrong with that at all. You know, and it's funny. I looked at, I mean, you guys are fantastic live. I saw you last year when you were here. And some bands are studio bands. And I, I've got to say they're horrible live. I mean, there's I've been to concerts. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're they're absolutely horrible. And you guys are not. I mean, you're a studio or you're a uh, a, a live band. You're you're great. I think you really get into the audience. But you have played from. Intimate shows back when you're starting, and actually, you know, coming up here to Ram's Head on stage, but also to the large, huge venues and the festivals and everything else. Yeah. Do, you, do you have a preference for small, intimate auditorium, stadium? Do you? Ha- do no, you-
1: I enjoy. I enjoy the whole thing. I mean, the the Ram's Head was one of our uh, earlier gigs, and I love the atmosphere there, and I still love going back there and doing it. Um, at the same time, uh, we did the biggest concert we've ever played. We got the record for the biggest ever crowd at the Santa Monica Pier, and we played to thirty one thousand people. Uh, and that was uh, you know, with people all over the beach and and everything. And it was the biggest crowd they ever had. and And they stopped the festival after that because they said, we can't we can't handle. It's getting too big. we can't handle it. So um you know that's a huge difference, one thing to another. And and uh, you know it was great doing the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction concert. I mean, we played to eighteen thousand people there. It was wonderful, but it still it still felt intimate. Still felt like people were reacting on a personal basis to it. Um, but from from Janet Jackson boogieing in the yeah. in the audience when we when we were playing, you know, um, you know onwards, and um, and then just joining Def Leppard at the end of the show. They asked us on stage to do the the last song, uh, and so Colin and I went up there and, and and did a version of All the Young Dudes with them, um, uh, you know, just to finish off the whole concert. It's I enjoy all of it to be quite honest, but it always feels when we're on stage that we're working within an intimate um, an intimate performance, and and I hope some of that actually comes across to the audience and makes it feel real.
0: Well, I will say it does. I mean, when I saw you at um, Maryland Hall when you were here last year, I mean, that was an auditorium of 600. Uh, this is – or 700, I think it is. Now, this will be about 300, a much smaller show. But it you – Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were – I mean, it was like we were in a small room. I totally agree with that. Did Now, have you had a most memorable show in your career? Um, just, you know, maybe it was the venue. Maybe it was just the way the audience was. I mean, is there one show that sticks out for you that says, man, that was – that was right on.
1: Well, that's very, very difficult. I mean, some of it is sentimental uh, because the, the very first uh, sort of main concert we did when we were assembly pro was winning a, a, a beat competition, which um, are, you know, and we were 17 years old then uh, or 18. I think we were just 18 and, and the head of Decca came backstage quite unexpectedly afterwards and, and, and um, offered us a recording contract. So that, that, for sentimental reasons, that was that special. Um, the the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame concert felt very special because, unbelievably, it was 50 years to the day that Cashbox was published with Time of the Season being at number one. And then 50 years later, to the very day of that publication, um, was when we were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that felt like a coming together you know, and 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 it was just—it felt like such a, uh, such a an honour, um, and and to have everybody there and everyone grooving and and and, and feeling that they handled it so beautifully, uh, and the sound was great on stage, and it was in the in the final official broadcast the sound was great. They just got everything right, and so uh, that that's a memory for me. But I mean, there've been so so many many. Concerts that it's very hard to, to pick through really because there've been you know been some really wonderful evenings and it's very hard to
0: differentiate them really. well that's fair that's fair but and you've also had a ringside seat to rock and roll since the 1960s from from your vantage point right now and I mean we've got technology and I mean you can record in, you know you know people with across the world can record independently and somehow create an album. Uh, But with everything that's changed since the sixties, when you guys first started out, knowing what you know now, would you, would you do it all over again in today's streaming environment where you don't have somebody coming from DECA and saying, Hey Rod, I I got a contract for you and you know, Spotify coming and saying, Hey, I've got a a third of a cent for,
1: (laughs) I know, I know it's crazy, isn't it? But um, yeah, I I think I, I would have to say, yes, I would do it because for me, music has, has been, I always remember John Lennon once saying, um, when he was very young, he said to me, he said, music has always been the real world. And, and everything else that people think of as the real world, to me feels like a bit of, uh, of fantasy. And that was really where I always felt at home. I, I, I felt really at ease and at home with music, whatever sort of music that was, I, I I felt really comfortable, and that was the only time I, as a young guy, that I ever did feel one hundred percent comfortable. And so I always knew I wanted it to be my life. And the fact that it turned out that it could be and the timing um of everything was so um, so sort of marvelous for us. Uh, you know, I mean we we you know we 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 became we made the nine o'clock news because um she's not there, got to number one in cash which was the, pretty much the main magazine at the time. I mean, billboard was there too, but then cash went defunct. But, um, uh, I phoned up home from America when I was 18 years old, which was a big deal for me. I mean, to actually, to get a call through to England from America in that, in those days was, you know, a really big deal to do it. Sure. And I phoned my mum because I was still living at home. And, um, She said, oh, you've just been on the 9 o'clock news. And I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but she said, no, no. They said you were the first band, the English band, with a self-written song to get to uh, number one in America after the Beatles. And um, and many, many years after that, in the 90s, actually, John, I found out that um, Elvis, who was the guy that switched my world around when I heard Hound Dog uh, in 1955 and introduced me to rock and roll um, that he actually had three of my songs and our records on his jukebox and I didn't find that out until 13 years later
0: well I, I'm curious I mean you've shared the stage with all of the greats at some point but right now if you could hop on the stage with any artist or act that's you know we'll say dead or alive for a dual build show who would that be I'm presuming that you haven't performed with Elvis, just because uh, you said no, you, no, no, you no, <laughs> never, never performed with Elvis. But who um, who would you love to um, hop on stage with?
1: You know, that's that's a. I find that a very hard question, um, and 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 the answer might really surprise you. But I, I I couldn't I couldn't limit it to one sort of music. I mean, an early an early idol of mine was Duke Ellington, um, a. Uh, but at the same time, Elvis turned my world around. Miles Davis in the band before he went electronic with John Coltrane and Cannibal Ladley, um was something which sound, sounded absolutely magical and wonderful to me. Um, and, and then there were all the great early rock and roll artists like Elvis and Buddy Holly, um, you know, and, and Ray Charles. Ray Charles completely blew me away. When I first discovered him, absolutely blew me away. Um, so it's hard for me to choose one, really. Um, but I, and they're all hugely different artists, and I probably couldn't hold my own, certainly at the time, with um, you know some of the genres of music because they were so different. Sure. Um, but they but they reach me to the core of my being. I have to say.
0: Well, I'm glad they did because we've got the zombies. We have a rock and roll Hall of Fame <laughs> band coming up to Annapolis in a very small venue like Ramshead on Stage and you don't get a chance to see a band of this caliber up close and personal very often but on March 26th that will happen there are a very few tickets that still remain like less than 30 i was just looking a little bit ago at ramsheadonstage.com so go get them and it's going to be the best tuesday night you will ever have with the zombies and i'll i'll put that in writing you can take that to the bank there but <laughs> okay. but I'll tell you before we go is there a song in your whole repertoire from you know the zombies argent your solo that you just ne- I'm not gonna ask you your favorite because I know you can't do that but that you just never get tired of playing maybe it's just something that just makes you happy to get on stage or you know maybe maybe it's an emotional thing is there one song that you just really absolutely can't get enough of well it, it I know this sound
1: this might sound extremely extremely sort of boring and predictable to you but um, the two songs that I I really love playing on stage and I'll quickly tell you why I, you know one issue is not there but the, the other one is time of the season and maybe I would choose time of the season and the reason is a it, in essence it's quite a simple song but it always uh, uh, some of the biggest hits I've had in my career have have had interludes in them instrumental interludes where I improvise and I can always do it something a bit different every single night. And I just love, I never get tired when we do time of the season of approaching a solo in a slightly different way because the band is so good that the band will always follow whatever I do there. So from a personal, selfish point of view, um A, I love the fact that the song has become uh, so um iconic for a lot of people including you know i mean i'm not a great rap lover but uh, a lot of rap artists have used that as a sample um and and made you know made their own versions um with with different lyrics etc etc um but that improvisatory element brings a freshness to it every time and you know i've had the luxury of being able to Sort of insert a couple of instrumental passages in Time for season and also in uh, She's Not There, um, which a lot of people uh, early on uh, really gave me a huge thrill. Like um, when when uh, McGuinn from the Birds said that it was they wouldn't have recorded Eight Miles High if they hadn't have heard She's Not There and the improvisation in it, etc. So it is you know th- th- there have been some magical. Um, touchstones for me, um, and, and I know they're the two uh, most famous zombie songs, um, but uh, I'm going to be very boring when tools
0: Now, Now you've given me some homework here. Now I'm going to go listen to a whole bunch of your live stuff and, and see how you change it up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That, that's great. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to let you go because you've got a pack to get here to Annapolis. But, Rod Argent, thank you so much for your time today. I can't wait to see you again in Annapolis. And that's going to be on Tuesday, March 26th for a single show at Rams Head On Stage. Tickets are available at RamsHeadOnStage.com. And I wish you and Colin and the rest to safe travels over the pond. And we can't wait to see you guys on the 26th. Oh, that's a great
1: pleasure, John. Thank you very much.
2: What's your, What's your name? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? He rich. Is he rich like me? What's your name? What's your change? Who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Here is Is he a rich like me? Has he, taken Has he taken any time? Any time. Could I do? Well, no one told me about her, though they all knew. But it's too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not.
0: has been a bonus podcast from I On Annapolis. Please visit us at IonAnapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion annapolis And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief Podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.